Welcome to Mavsplained, where we break down a question, event, trend, or piece of news every single day. My name is Bobby Corella from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is Mike Frailer. You might know him as Forgotten Mavs, or as the host of Mavs Archives. Mike, what's up? Hey, Bobby. Not much. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, today, unlike recent episodes where we've just kind of like kicked back and talked about Mavs history, sort of like just enjoying ourselves, right? Reliving some good memories. Today, we're going to kind of have a, uh, we're going to embrace debate for today's episode. So are you ready for that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, cool. So the, the, the subject matter at hand that we're going to talk about today might make some people upset. So if it does, <laughs> hey, it's not that big of a deal. We're just we're just two dudes having some fun, but I decided to uh, to post a tweet. This was a this was a couple of weeks ago. I said I'm just curious to hear your thoughts because this was at the time whenever the Ringer was doing a uh, like a 1998 NBA redraft, and obviously, well, I haven't listened to their episode or like read any articles about it because in the tweet they spelled Dirk's name wrong, but I'm assuming. <laughs> Dirk went number one overall in this redraft, and Paul Pierce went number two. Um, and that has nothing to do with the wheelchair moment. Uh, but I, I kind of think, like, man, you know, there are a lot of people maybe just don't know that Dirk was really that good. But obviously, you know, we as Mavs fans do, and many of us remember his entire career. And so I decided to turn it to uh, to Mavs fans who follow me on Twitter and just said, hey, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. What was Dirk's best season? Like, was it whenever he was a young guy? Was it whenever it was, he was in his prime? Maybe later in his career. Obviously, the year they won the championship. Well, that was his thirteenth season. So, when do we think that Dirk was at his best? And the answers varied, man. I mean, there were people that said as early as like two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three. Uh, there were people that said oh six, oh seven was his MVP year, of course. Um, the year they won the title, two thousand eleven. Someone even said two thousand fourteen. That was the year that he almost went fifty forty ninety as a thirty. I think he was thirty seven, thirty five, maybe that year. Um, and and he just had this awesome like all star caliber season for a surprisingly good Mavs team along with Monte Ellis and some other guys. So I was like, man, there are a lot of really good choices. So I thought this might be a good uh, kind of good topic of discussion for today's show. So. I guess right off the top, Mike, be prepared to spit a hot take. I'm going to ask you <laughs> to defend your choice, of course, but what was Dirk's best season, and why do you think that season was his best season? So this is probably a hot take. It's not 2011. It's, Ooh, okay. It's early Dirk. I'm going with 2001-2002 Dirk. He was When the season started, he was 23 years old. Wow. Okay. So you're you're kicking it way back. I this am. is 20 years ago, Dirk. Yeah, this is like almost. this is baby Dirk. Yeah. Why Why do you think that that season uh, is, is his best season? Or I guess best is sort of like a pretty broad term. What wh- Why did you choose that season? So I chose this because I have such vivid memories of him just re- like this is when he became like full on Dirk to me. Like he had a good second year, a really good third year, but those first three years, Finley was still the guy. And it was this year, Oh one Oh two where Finley stepped aside and really let Dirk and Nash, but mainly Dirk just become 
face of the franchise and Dirk responded beautifully. Um, you know, I, it was when he became the Mavs closer. Um, I, I remember him hitting a number of clutch shots in games that maybe they didn't always win, but like he was the guy down the stretch. I know he had his first game winner that year in a game against Denver. Um, he hit us some big shots in San Antonio that I just, I remember. And he just, he had some incredible games. Um, you know, once he, he responded so well to the challenge, he was probably near his peak athletically, not as a basketball player, just in terms of like how he moved and how, um, how unique he was. He was on the cover of slam that year. And the, the title on slam magazine said super freak on it. Um, you know, and it was just a picture it's kind of like almost the first Giannis. Yeah. Exa- and, you know, there's there's footage of him of that season just grabbing the rebound, going coast to coast. He was so good at drawing contact. He he shot incredibly well. That was the the highest three points percentage of his career until 2005. So, you know, it was he shot nearly 40 percent this year. He shot thirty nine point seven percent. Didn't surpass that mark until the 2005 season. Um, he scored twenty three points a game. It was the most rebounds he's ever averaged the game per game, and you know he he played he just he played out of his mind. It was his first year as an All Star, and then you know he had several games. He had a really good game in Philadelphia. I remember that year. Um, but then what I really what really sticks out to me about that year is his performance against KG in the first round of the playoffs in 2002. Yep. In three games, he had 100 points and 47 rebounds. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was a clean sweep. I it was mean, a the clean Mavs sweep. won every game by yeah. like 20 points. Yeah, too. and KG was like the legitimate MVP candidate that year, along with uh, I think Tracy McGrady was the other one of people who – and Duncan ended up getting it. But, um, you know, Dirk wasn't even mentioned in the conversation that year, and that's fine, but – you know, he put to rest, I think, um, anyone. And I've seen that's something I've seen on Mavs Twitter of late, too. Is like, oh, who was better, like Dirk or KG? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, KG was awesome. But, like, the one time they went to head, Dirk just destroyed him. And um, he shot incredibly well also in that series. And he was making shots. Um, I, I remember in game three in Minnesota, I think he started, like, eight for eight from the field and was like six for six from the foul line. And he kept making shots and Bob, he made one and Bob Costas just said like, are you kidding me? Like what, what is going on here? So um, I just, I think that was when Dirk was like at his peak in terms of probably his athleticism and his ability to catch people off guard because he was still early in his career. And I don't think anyone, or I don't don't think everyone like fully appreciate, appreciated how good he was. And obviously he went on to have more success after that. But to me, that is like the, the Dirk Nowitzki show his coming out party, whatever you want to call it. Like to me, that's um, the best slash my favorite Dirk. I think. I think whenever we think about basketball players becoming who they are, right? Mm -hmm. Like we always kind of forget about the climb and the leap from yeah, he's pretty good to, oh my God, this guy is a superstar. That's the toughest part of that journey, right? Some guys just come in the league and are already that, like MJ, there was no doubt that he was going to be a super mega ultra star from like his first game. LeBron, same way. Um, But guys like 
KG, Dirk. There have been plenty of others. We're seeing it right now with Luca. Their first couple of years, they sort of like they do some pretty cool stuff. I think Dirk even made the 2001 All NBA team, third team. But going from really good to great is that's the toughest thing to do in sports. And that was the year that he did it. Oh yeah. He kind of that was like his arrival. Uh, it was the first year he made the All Star team, but it was also the first year where you were like, man, outside of Duncan, I'm not sure that there's a big man in this conference that at least plays power forward, you know, non-Shaq, that's better than him. I mean, he he established himself as a power in the league that year. Oh, he really did. And, um, you know, that's the Mavs were gaining more recognition after their, you know, successful 2001 season. So they were on national TV more. More people were getting familiar with it. The internet was not what it is now. So, like, when the Mavs were on NBA on NBC or whatever else, like, Dirk played really, really well. And, you know, that – that playoff series against Minnesota, just like I was saying, was, was just so much fun. And he just, he was just on another level. Um, he was like a Giannis in just the terms of, you know, he wasn't throwing down dunks like that, but he had some, he had some, he did have some cool dunks and he just, he played, he, he just, he, he wasn't like, I can't remember him missing a shot in that playoff run. Um, at least in the first round, he, he was just unbelievable. And, uh, um, I lost my train of thought. There was something specific I was going to say, but I guess it wasn't that important. But uh, yeah, he was, um, oh, that was, and that was also the the first year in their, you know, basically in the uniforms that they still have today. It was the first year in the American Airlines Center. So it was just like this yep. whole new era of Mavs basketball. And to me, like he just put his stamp on it. And um, to me, that's probably outside of 2011, like the most, like the biggest impact he's had on me or impression he made on me as a player. Like it was just like, it was so new and so exciting and you never saw a seven footer move like that. Um, it was, it was, it was special. Yeah. That O2 season is kind of forgotten because O one is, Oh my God, they upset Utah. They won a playoff series. Wow. This team is good. And then O three is they won 60 games and went to the conference finals. Yeah. Kind of forget about that middle season, but that middle season is you're right. That was the year where, Dirk sort of like kind of took the mantle from Finn and that type of thing doesn't happen peacefully in the NBA very often where you have one star like multi-time all-star still in his prime hand off basically face of the franchise duties to a guy who's younger than him I mean that that never happens but it happened so smoothly for the Mavs that season I think they won 58 games and they just they trounced Minnesota and, uh, yeah, I mean, Dirk was kind of the driving force behind all of that, the leap that he took in that year. Um, I th- that is kind of an important season for them, for sure. Um, okay, so my choice. I, I, I went a few different ways with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the obvious answer is 2010-2011, the year they won the championship. Um, 5 6 he was a beast. Yeah. In between then, actually, uh, 2009-2010 was a, a year that missed the cut narrowly for both of us, actually. I think that was both of our runners-up uh, in this category. But the season that I'm going to go with is 2006-2007 uh, Dirk. So that was the year that he won the, the MVP award. The Mavs won 67 games. The reason that I chose the, that season, even though his per-game numbers are kind of low compared to the seasons around it, he only averaged 24.6 points 
uh, and I think 8.9 rebounds a game, so 25 and 9. Uh, but he did go 50, 40, 90. The real reason why I chose it is because when we're thinking like alpha, top dog, king of the court type NBA players, it is can you win in crunch time? And I know like throughout LeBron's entire career, everybody's crit- criticized him for the times he's come up short. Uh, there have been other guys like MJ and Kobe who are known as these just like these clutch dominant clutch scorers for some reason Dirk just like never gets that respect but that season in 2006-2007 was the third year in a row where the Mavs led the NBA in clutch wins so a clutch game is defined as a game where anytime inside the final five minutes the score is within five points the Mavs led the league in clutch wins three years in a row winning at least 30 games every single season and in that year in 2006-2007 their clutch record was 32 and 6. They never lost in the clutch <laughs> ever. And in fact, in games when the score was uh that Dirk played in, when the score was within 1 point inside the final minute. So this is really like one shot to win a game. They were 13 and 2. I mean, they won almost every single game that they played and he was the main reason why. In 139 clutch minutes, he scored 133 points. He shot 48% from the field, 90.5% from the free throw line. The entire season, in 139 clutch minutes, he turned it over five times. Five times total. And he shot 48% from the field. And so you can chalk some of that up to, I mean, like, look, you play 139 minutes. That's not a lot of minutes throughout the course of a season. I mean, that's like you know, an average of one and a half minutes per game that we're talking about. So, like, it's a, it's a pretty small sample size. But you go through that over an entire season and you win 32 out of 38 games and you only turn it over five times. It, that's, like, that's just insane. Absolutely insane to me. And for that reason, I, I went with 07 because, you know, the Mavs were the best team in the league. They really should have won the championship. It took the Warriors basically like forcing the NBA into the next era of basketball, just like <laughs> maximum small ball. It, it took a strategy that had never been seen before to stop Dirk. And that alone is like, obviously it was a humiliating defeat and it still makes me you know sad to think about that <laughs> they didn't get it done. But that's the level of innovation that it took from his former head coach to stop him because otherwise there was nothing else that could stop him that season. He was just on another level, especially late in games. And and to me, that was kind of when his he he might not have been in peak physical whatever because by then I think he was like 29 years old. So you know he might have been on the downslope athletically, but his mind was at its peak and his ability to score in the post and on the perimeter and around the rim, just in 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 every facet of the game, was still at its peak, and uh, it just led to some all-time clutch dominance and and for me that was kind of why I chose that even more so than him winning the MVP just just that clutch record alone and his performance late in games was just it was something that is just like the stuff of myths almost that whenever it came down to the final couple minutes you knew that you could count on Dirk to win you the game oh yeah I mean that was a special season for sure um I, I, I remember some some clutch plays he made. He had a game winner versus Phoenix. I remember that um, at the American Airlines Center. And then even you know he didn't play well in that 
that Warriors series, you know, the, the Warriors just really just, like you said, just kind of threw him off. But, uh, you know, the Mavs won game five, and they don't win that without Dirk, um, uh, you know, staving off elimination at, at Dallas. Uh, he had a huge block on Matt Barnes, I believe, you know, in between some big threes. That really uh, got the Mavs back in the game late in the fourth quarter. So I know I remember he had two back-to-back threes. Um, just you know, he even though he didn't play well, like I said, that that series, he did have a, a will to win at least at that particular game. And so um, that's just a, a, one of my kind of all-time favorite lo- low-key Dirk memories was how he ended Game Five of that series. Um, um, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, 2006, 2007, obviously his MVP year, but when you break down the numbers and, and how clutch he was and how clutch the team was, and, you know, he was a leader of the team, that's uh, it's hard to argue with that. I think it's kind of interesting that both of us, even our, our second place seasons were the same year, first off, and also <laughs> that it was not the year they won the championship. I mean, you, you think back to 09-10, the Mavs won, I think, 55 games. They were the number two seed in the West, and they lost in the first round. So that was another year that ended in disappointment, but – Dirk that year was really he was dominant that season and that was that was peak like a lot of the stuff that they ran in the in the finals and and through that run in 2011 where it was just clear out for Dirk at the top of the key and let him go to work that was the hallmark of their 2010 offense too I mean the difference between the 10 team and the 11 team is Tyson Chandler that's Mm -hmm. really I mean there's nothing else to be said and and like Peja too and some other guys yeah I mean, Dirk was, in my opinion, every bit the player in in 2010 as he was in 2011, and he was fantastic in that series against the Spurs. It really just came down to they just didn't have enough uh, around him. Not enough guys stepped up in that series, frankly, for them to get the win, but he was incredible that season, and, and that was like, I don't know, it was watching him in that phase of his career – 2009 2010 2011 even though his body very clearly like he couldn't do the same stuff that he did in 2002 for example Mm -hmm. his mind was just like he had reached nirvana and it it was like i don't know it was like watching peyton manning play quarterback like he always he always did the right thing and always i don't know he just always made the right decision he always did what he wanted to do like it almost it was almost like the defenders weren't there like he just he was always able to get to his spots, and it was really a master class. From 2009 through 2011, he was just on another – he was on another level, really. And, and, and so that, that's why that season kind of stands out to me. Uh, his numbers were incredible in 2010 as well, but um, just the, the way that he played the game, was it, he was just so complete uh, at, at that time in his career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what's really – cool for me about about that season is so I graduated college in 2009 I moved to Chicago in early 2010 but for those six months here um in between then I was living in Dallas and I got to go to a lot of I went to three or four Mavs games at that time and those games were this is the 09-010 season the 29 points in the fourth quarter against Utah I went to a 41 point game against the Spurs um that in November of that season, I went to the the December 09 game against the Bobcats where he hit a shot to force overtime. And then he hit a shot with like less than a second left to win in overtime. So you're right. He was playing incredible, like just out of his mind basketball. Um, 
game one of that 2010 series versus Spurs, a series which the Mavs lost, but Dirk was fantastic in game one. Um, I'm just looking at the box score now. I remember that he, he shot 12 out of 14 that game. He had 36 points and seven rebounds. And then, like you said, game six, um, a game which the Mavs lost, he was unstoppable. Um, he's not the reason they lost that game. Like you said, they just – the people around him weren't really doing what they were capable of. But, you know, he played his heart out that series. And um, I think it was – was that the off season that he signed, like, a four-year deal with the Mavs? But there was, like um, – I think there was, like, a big, like, social media push for him to stay in Dallas or something. I, I remember that being a thing. Yeah, he was – a so after, after that Spurs series, he was – a free agent yeah. and, and to that point in his career he'd never been a free like he'd never made it to free agency the Mavs had always either extended him yeah or, you know just reach an agreement beforehand but that was the time when the worry was man this guy is still a super duper ultra mega star and it's an aging core around him he might leave I mean going mm-hmm. into the summer of 2010 LeBron Wade, Bosch, Amari, like all of these superstars were free agents. And so the, the worry was that Dirk, who was still at that level, uh, but the Mavs weren't, you know, he'd team up with one of those guys and and go, you know, win, win a championship with LeBron. And, of course, he stayed, and, you know, it's a good thing he did, needless mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. No, that – yeah, I, I remember that now, that there was like a – I don't think I was like – super concerned that he would leave but like i definitely was like i thought it was a possibility um yeah he left it open-ended i think yeah. after that spurs game or maybe at exit interviews the next day or something he said something pretty cryptic like we'll see what happens it, it was never it was never yeah i want to i want to come back yeah he was like i gotta i gotta think about this and you're thinking man you know a year after denver beat them pretty convincingly in the second round and Dirk again played Herculean levels of basketball and just no one else really could step up and then that same that next season it happened the same exact way only in the first round and you know humiliating fashion to a seven seed Spurs you're thinking man this this might be it like this Mm -hmm. might be the last time we see Dirk play for the Mavs because he was so good and they just they were not able to to put together a, a good team around him but they they figured it out man I mean Trading for Tyson didn't seem like a big deal at the time. Uh, to me, I was I was like, I, I know who Tyson Chandler is. I don't think he's going to be the difference between them being, you know, good and them being great. But obviously, I was just an idiot eighteen year old kid who didn't know what I was talking about because he he every he was every bit of that player. Yeah, Tyson was awesome. I remember when that happened. I was like, well, if it was two thousand and eight Tyson, I'd probably be more excited than than I am now, but you know, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised because in the 2008 playoffs, Tyson played really well against the Mavs. Um, yeah. And you know, but I wasn't sure if he was the same player, but you know, he just needed to get, get healthy. And once he was healthy, he was probably even better than he was in 2008. So obviously that was what the Mavs were missing, but yeah, uh, 2010 Dirk was, you know, I, we both had him as uh, that, like maybe his, our second best season for him. He was, incredible it was just a matter of who was around him but that he was uh that was definitely a special dirk year and um it makes you wonder if they had had tyson for that I, like if they had had tyson that year too they maybe could have gone back to back who knows they that was what they were missing though at the time 
Yeah, the gap between them and the Lakers, who the Lakers were the number one seed and they they went on to win their second straight championship. Mm-hmm. The gap between them was not very wide at all. I mean, it, it was it was very thin. The Mavs were very very good that season, but they just didn't have the interior presence really, and and they. You know they were missing a little bit on the perimeter too. I think you know getting some getting some new guys in there helped them. Guys like Peja who could who could really space the floor for them, and JJ taking a step forward too, and all that in 2011. But I mean Dirk was he was complete. You know Rick Carlisle became the head coach in 2008, so 08-09 was his first mm-hmm. year. 09-10 was his second year, and he kind of revamped the Mavs roster or the Mavs offensive system. Sorry, um, moving Dirk a little further away from the basket. So with Nelly, he was like, you know, primarily a perimeter guy with Avery. He was much more back to the basket inside the paint, a lot of stuff around the rim, a lot of free throws. And that was 2007 Dirk. And part of the reason why they were so good in the clutch was he was such a good free throw shooter. But when Carlisle came in, he moved Dirk back out a little bit more closer to like 18, 20 feet from the rim uh, where he could drive the lane if it was there, or he could take the one legged fade uh, if if the driving lane wasn't there, and that's whenever it really kind of unlocked everything else, because out of that action, out of that top of the key set, they were able to swing it to Jet on the weak side, or you know kick it out to Kid for three, or to Marion on, on on the cut. You know it kind of opened up everything else for everybody, and uh, turned the Mavs from kind of this like plotting offense under Avery into this really like sophisticated. Um, read-based offense I don't know under under Carlisle and it really kind of like opened up a new aspect of Dirk's game too and he responded well obviously and and they won the title the year after but yeah that was kind of a that's that's a much more recent version of Dirk I'm sure even even that MVP season a lot of people remember that but yeah 2002 I'm glad that you picked that one even even though it was kind of like a dark horse sort of under the radar pick Mm -hmm. just like in his charting his evolution as a player and becoming like a superstar like a bona fide uh, star level player in the NBA that was a really important step that he took that season and especially going head-to-head with KG too I mean if they don't win that series then like I don't know if that changes the way that people perceive Dirk or anything but like his only meeting with KG ending in a pretty convincing 3-0 sweep in which Dirk dominated I think really like that that is a pretty cool little line on his resume oh yeah I mean that's um you know I think that was a year, like you said, so they, I think everyone was surprised when they, I know I was when they won that series versus the jazz the year before, but heading into the next, the next year, you know, they had home court, they had taken a big step forward. Like that's when, that's what you want to see is like, take like a leap, like make a statement. And Dirk absolutely did make a statement in that year. So that's why that year just sticks out to me more than others. Cause it was like, you know, there were years where you could argue like he didn't meet or exceed expectations, but you can't say that about 2002. Like he was unbelievable, and uh, that's why it sticks out to me. Yeah, he was great, man. This is fun. This is fun doing a little bit of reminiscing. Yeah, about the goat. Yeah, uh, it is. I know. I still, I, I still wish he was playing somehow. I wish any basketball was being played, but it'd be cooler if Dirk was still playing too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I know at some point here. Uh, Fox is going to start showing some uh, some old Dirk games. Oh man, that's so, amazing! Yeah, yeah. So definitely, you know, check the TV guide, whatever. I'm sure we'll be we'll be blasting it out on social, and I know they will too. Uh, if you listening have any opinions about our takes, think that maybe Dirk was better one year, or you know, whatever. Like, 
2007 Dirk wasn't as good as 06 Dirk, let me know. I mean, let's let's talk about it. <laughs> the, the good thing about Dirk's career is like we all got to experience it together. You know, we all got to watch him every single night, and his career did start 21, 22 years ago, but we all have memories throughout it, even if it's only recent ones. If you're a newer fan, but if you're if you're kind of an older fan, even though you and I are both relatively young still. You know, we have vivid memories of young Dirk, mm-hmm. and I feel lucky to be able to say that. But, you know, we all get to share in that together. So talking about him is really fun. And so if you have any, uh, you know, opinions or, or, or want to, you know, especially if you want to share some highlights, it's always fun to watch highlights. Uh, hit Mike up at Forgotten Mavs. Hit me up at Bobby Corella, and we can keep this thing going because, uh, like I said, man, it's fun to talk about. I'll, I'll never argue about Dirk. I'll argue in defense of Dirk. I'll never argue about him. But I'm definitely <laughs> down to hear – uh, everyone's opinion on this because you know every stage of Dirk's career kind of I, I connects with us for different reasons and some of those reasons are a little more important to others so um, yeah it's interesting stuff man but uh, but yeah like I said Mike this was fun man thanks for doing this yeah no thanks for having me on it, it was fun and um, yeah uh, like Bobby said hit, hit us up if you have any um, controversial or unique Dirk opinions because uh, i like I said, we grew up with him, and so we watched him from from the start till till the end. So I always enjoy reminiscing about him, and uh, this uh, it's just yeah, it was it was so much fun to watch him. And uh, anytime anyone wants to talk Dirk, just hit me up. I love you, Dirk. <laughs> maybe in maybe in twenty years, Mike, we'll be uh, we'll be doing one about Luca. That would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty. Whatever, whatever kind of. I don't think we'll be podcasting in twenty years, but whatever. We'll be the, like holograms. The is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be yeah. we'll be doing the Star Wars hologram thing about Luca. Yeah, but uh, yeah. But until then, this is Mavs Plane. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.